The Hit Mix 107.5 FM The Power Station with Colin Curtis
Greetings, this is Jalen Moore hanging out with Colin Curtis on the Soul Connection Show, sending soul music vibes all around the world. Antonio McClendon of Output Input, and you're listening to the Colin Curtis Soul Connection.
Yes, yes, yes. Friday night, you were calling Curtis. Here we are on Hitmix Radio again. 107.5 FM and uh, yet another of the Soul Specials. We've had just about everybody so far. And there's just about everybody, anybody else is going to be here next year as well. Um, we've had Steve Plum, we've had Andy Tess Taylor, John Corliss on the last one. And tonight, my very special guest, his longtime friend. In fact, when did we meet? Was it 73 or 74? 74, I think. 74. Uh, I haven't been able to get rid of him since. And now he's here live. Four hours of music from Charlie Reese, uh, telling the story of the way he's viewed soul music over the years. But uh, kicking off tonight with uh, three tracks that, uh, well, certainly the first of which got played at Blackpool Mecca back in the day. Uh, Richard Popcorn Wiley on ABC, uh, an album that spawned quite a few things. ESP, and that was a track called I Can Take On The World With You. And uh, also both ends against the middle on there. I mean, again, why did this man not make lots of LPs? I have no idea. Uh, extra extra sensory perception title of the album on ABC. Have a look around for that. Probably Discog's the best place to go. And then brand new music from 2023 and a guy who's become a phenomena, Mr. Jalen Ngonda, uh, taken from his album, of course, Come Love, uh, Come Around and Love Me. And uh, that was a track called Rapture, which. Uh, I can't recommend this album highly enough. You just go out and get it. I know everybody's now chasing uh, obscure sevens, but the one that you get free, um, or you or you get in the price uh, if you buy the album from America, uh, that's going to get released anyway. So don't get too excited. Uh, <laughs> although I'm sure that the boys on Discogs will manage to have it for double the price although it won't make any difference to the sound of the music so uh, take my advice and just wait so so here we are uh, 13 minutes hello Charlie Reese. good evening Colin and um, well we've got four hours to get through which as usual will take about um, 15 minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it all flies very quick so we're going to start off with a little uh, you know some tracks you picked uh, connected with the lovely weather we've had today. Yes, I thought it was appropriate. And you kicked off to get here today, Le- left uh, London town at what time? Uh, I ha- well, I was working in Birmingham, so I left at half four this morning. Wow. <laughs> 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 Into Birmingham Market. And you managed to do any record shops in Birmingham today? No, no, they were all closed by the time I, when I got there. <laughs> All too early in the day. Yeah. So we'll play three tracks from Charlie, and then we'll talk and start the story of Mr. Charlie Reese and uh, his Houston soul.
tonight you can do so on Facebook you just type in Colin Curtis or Colin Diamond D-I-M-O-N-D spell it correctly and uh, you'll be there and you can voice your opinion big shout to Doris tonight and uh, yes a very strong start indeed uh, Elizabeth Pace shout to you uh, shout of course to Steve Plummer who's no doubt going out he'll be gardening tonight with all this water uh, Jackie Iberson hi to you over there in Sheffield Shire um, Carol Pleasley of course who, who was my guest uh, not that long ago in fact Mr John call us. Uh, Jeff Peck, hi to you. Suzanne Pacente, hi to you. And uh, 
Carol White, and we've done that. Pete Haig, who's no doubt going out again as well. So there we go. If you want to get joined in uh, with any of that, you can do. Uh, three records there that I presume you've selected based on today's weather. Yes, I thought we'd have a topical start. A topical start, but some great soul music. And we kicked off there with uh, Eddie Kendricks leading the way on Motown, and that was a track entirely about no, the bad weather. First. And uh, the spinners, yes. Um, H. Gordy and uh, yeah nice little copy as well on, on uh, a white Motown and then we had uh, Eddie Kendricks again no I, I meant it was Kendricks's vocal uh, on that right. um, and now it's Eddie Kendricks himself with Date With The Rain of course uh, played it by Paul Mack and a big favourite of Mr Ian Levine and Mr Les Kakel yes um, back in the day and then we've got a, a record that you say only came out in Jamaica it was CD only until it came out in Jamaica and um, yeah that's the only vinyl format I know of it. How, how could you not release an Angie Stone record oh, no. on vinyl in America or anywhere else in the world? That was a track called No More Rain in This Cloud, and Angie Stone, of course, absolute became a phenomenon with that Diamond album that got everybody away. Uh, signed to Arista Records. Them were the days when record companies um, were in a position to sign proper music and proper acts and proper groups. Uh, not quite as easy nowadays, and that's why we keep supporting independent soul up and down. So let's go all the way back. We're already 25 minutes in. I've told you this four-hour shows last about 15 minutes <laughs> in reality. Um, well, let's go all the way back. I mean, where were you living, and how did you connect with black music in the first place? Uh, living in between Goostry and Overpeaver in a field in Cheshire. And that um, was a, a cricket field, near a cricket almost, field anyway. And yeah, you, we both right. played cricket in that kind of area at that time. We did. We played, played on the same pitch. We did. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> One or two occasions, we did, yes. Um, so... What was that? The radio? I mean, th no, there's, no, there's no there's no clubs, there's no, no youth clubs, is there in Over no. Beaver? Sandbach, Sandbach School, the old, some of the older lads I played cricket with who were torch boys. Okay. And uh, they'd bring records to school. So that would be about what? Late, late 60s, early 70s? No, it'd be 72. 72, 73. so uh, the all nighter yeah. time of the yeah, torch. Yeah. Okay. And and they'd be they'd be passing on what, what kind of information musically? Oh, just rare records, things like Jimmy Thomas, Beautiful Night, you yeah. had to hear things like that. Um, Danny White, Cracked Up Over You, Kelly Brothers, Love Time, records I'd never, I'd never heard of the artist, never heard the titles. No, I, in fact, that was probably most people's introduction at, at the time. I mean, the, the, the Torch, as I've said to you off air earlier on, that particular time, the all-nighters themselves, uh, the music, the adrenaline and everything went up from you know, what was originally what we'd all been influenced by, The Twisted Wheel. Uh, and then now we're, we're faced with the torch. The torch played very similar music to the Twisted Wheel prior to the All Nighters. The first sign that things were changing was probably the Friday nights, and when eventually Keith got to, to be one of the residents, and um, you know then things started to change. That was before the DJ was on the stage. The DJ was down to the right hand side in, in like a kiosk. I think it was a cloakroom originally. Um, uh, apart from the the cloakroom on the main door, that was tucked away down there and Keith was in his absolute element and Friday night's when we started to attract more and more people into the torch so um, that that would certainly spread but the all-nighters just blew it up so I mean even blew it up to over Beaver and crew my word mm -hmm. so from there where do you go from there you you were hearing about this music yeah. you were were you in a position to buy it or in a position to um, go and listen to it anywhere I could only afford sort of records on general release uh, but my brother um, subscribed to a list from a guy called Richard Selwood 
Yes. Uh, in Gloucester, the, 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 the lists always came on yellow paper, which was unique, but he also did tapes. So we had a C90 of all the massive torch sounds of the day. Yeah. We, even though we couldn't afford to buy them, they were in our house and we took them to school and played them. Uh, and, and then I decided to try and volunteer uh, to go and find some of the UK stuff at Kath Jones Record Shop one lunchtime and go and I got four uh, yeah, let, yeah, let's stop there because this was one unique record shop, wasn't it? I mean, I mean this was in Sandbatch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you might as well be in the Edge of Hebrides as, as in Sandbatch. I mean, there was it was a market town back in the day. I mean, Keith and I discovered uh, Kath Jones's very early. Uh, which, it was a wooden hut. It was. Which, for some reason was never protected, should have been protected. That was a protected building, should have been, because that stood as, as an absolute iconic building in, in, in Sandbach. I can't believe they were allowed to knock it down. Um, and, and, of course, eventually, because so many people started to go to Kath Jones's record shop, eventually, of course, people were trying to steal records yeah. and, and all the rest of it. So it got to a point where you had to ring it up and make an appointment and then turn up at the door and then she'd let you in. And But... The inside of the shop was immaculate. Yeah. It was all A to Z. All the sections were, as it were, reminding me. I mean, later on, I found about Robinsons in Manchester, but they're very similar shops where all the stock information was on the card dividers, and and all the artists were quite clear. But some incredibly obscure uh, British releases. I mean, she was she was phenomenal. I don't she know where was, that came from. Well, she was a music teacher, and she was also played in a band with her husband. And they used to play once a month at Goose Tree Village Hall, and my dad used to book them. Wow. So I knew her. She knew she knew who I was, so yeah, she yeah. let me into the shop. As soon as she saw that list, she said, you're not having any of those, because you're getting them for somebody who's going to take them to that torch place and sell them for a profit. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, well, that, that that was that that was another reason that that she she wised up to. She realised that you know she couldn't cash in on on on, on that extra price. You know that would have priced her out of the market. But um, yeah, I, I mean, as more and more people got to know about Kath Jones's shop, it, it was unique, and she did have some fantastic backstock as well. And she kept all the backstock in, in immaculate condition, so you would not just get the record, you get the original sleeve, everything came with it. Um, yeah, I, I, I can understand her frustration when she found out that, that. I mean, luckily, the shop that Keith and I frequented in those early days from 68 on with Steel's Records, which was an electronic shop, really, with a spinner of albums and maybe maybe 100 singles, 150 singles, and we used to order. And, and, and they did get wind of that, but, yeah, I think they realised they couldn't take advantage of it, so... <laughs> <laughs> But we would order multiples of records. We also learnt, uh, as Kath Jones did, I know for a fact, also learnt that ordering records that were deleted, yeah, they still came through. They did, uh, yes. And that yeah. was fantastic. So, we're going on to your musical choices, and then we'll carry on with that story, and uh, we'll continue with this. You with Colin Curtis, 107.5 on FM. That's Hitmix Radio, where you can get us on the app if you download it on the hitmix.co.uk. And listen yourself.
Listening to my cool bearded brother, Mr. Colin Curtis, on the Soul Connection Show.
sure. And uh, you, you definitely need a boat to come out tonight, never mind, uh, you know, a car. I, I mean, Charlie and I both come through the river tonight, haven't we? Yeah. We've been at the river at the, bottom, <laughs> at the bottom of the bank here because our radio station, so that it goes even further on FM, is right up on the top of the bank. And so down at the bottom is the big hole, which fills up with water every time it rains. Anyway, we kicked off there. Uh, three records from uh, Charlie's Choices there. And Gordy Records, of course, uh, the incredible Kim Weston uh, with a track called Helpless. This was a time really where um, the big Motown records were getting played and bought by everybody for the reasons that we've already said. They're available quite, uh, you know, on top of things. But then to find you know, the imports at that point, um, 70, 71, uh, you've mentioned Mr. Selby from Gloucester, but I mean, there was also um, F.L. Moore, um, you know, they were down there um, in Bedfordshire. Uh, you got one or two lists, and, and but that was the only way that you would find imported records. I mean, you know, you, if you were turning up at clubs, there wouldn't be many people selling imported records in those early years, certainly between 68 and, uh, and 71. Uh, we then continue with Holland Dozier Holland, the classic Why Can't We With Lovers. I played that to everybody who was at Banbury and everybody who came up and asked about the chain reaction version of that. That was an excellent day at Banbury. And if, uh, if you've got nothing to do on Sunday or even if you've got something to do and you can head via Banbury, it's definitely worth going down there. Fantastic session and some great music played because it's just open choice. I mean, you can dance or you you don't dance and we can have your dinner as well which is a big very popular with me on a sunday and then the third record and you've mentioned um tonight about the connection with the, with the guys who were going to torch and, and and coming back to school um i mean when you think about this record this record was played as a new release at the torch in 1972 you bought this original copy british rca um from kath jones's yeah. little wooden shed um yeah, but the Nightliners, it was just like so far ahead of its time. I mean, I've said before on the show, Sliced Tomatoes, of course, was also 72 when it was put out on Music Merchant. Of course, the, the Soul Police will come in and tell me there was a before that. Well, there was, of course, but I, I can tell you, no one had that. No one knew about that. That kind of knowledge wasn't available back in those days, and I, I don't know how long it is you know, since that's been known, but... Um, so three records there that take us through the first bit with with the Kath Jones thing. So where do we go now? Where do we go from here? So my parents allowed me to go to my first proper Northern Soul Club, the Top Rank Up Anley, July 1973. Okay. And the next three records are those that I remember. Well, I've, I've exercised a poetic license for the second one because I'm going to play the Deep Soul side, but okay. hopefully, hopefully it'll all work. <laughs> But, so, Top Rank Hanley, 1973. Yeah. What happened, um, you know, originally, um, Tom West, who was originally a, an assistant manager at Blackpool Mecca, came down to work in Tiffany's in Newcastle under Lyme. And uh, Keith and I got to know him, and then he went back to Blackpool Mecca, and he said, you know, because you're... Your session is just incredible. Sunday nights in Tiffany's downstairs Valley High, five, six hundred people. It was an incredible time. And um, he said, I want to go back. We'll see if we can get the Mecca restarted again because the Tony Jeb sessions had closed down because of the Golden Torch. And uh, he did that. He did it very well indeed. And then Keith and I played there um, until it would be sometime in 74 when the format was changed and Ian Levine was drafted in and Keith was drafted out. And then Keith... Uh, Ian Levine was originally playing the top rank. Yes. 
um, and so, so we would cross on the services. <laughs> we were going from Stoke to Blackpool, yeah. and uh, he was coming down from Blackpool with Bernie Gold and people like that to go to the top rank. But then that switched, as you say. What when was that? July '73. July '73. Yeah, I, that that was my first night, and it was Soul Sam and Keith Mitchell. And it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, it would have been absolutely brilliant. I mean, I mean, Sam. Um, I was working with him when you were there the other night in Allsager, yeah. and you know, not very well. But I mean, the man's 82. He still comes out, and 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 you saw. Uh, although he wasn't very well on the night, the passion that comes through with the adrenaline that's attached and the guy was just flying, played an incredible set. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've also talked about this off air, about playing the music authentically, uh, you know, the way it was originally done. And, you know, because you were there, because you understand it. And, you know, other people will interpret it in different ways. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, um, you know, Soul Sam, he's, he's just got that skill and yeah. still got that skill. He's become an enigma, really, because he's, he's DJed most of his life out of one box. And yet, incredibly, he stayed right at the top of the tree on the rare soul scene and done absolutely fantastically. And a big shout out to everybody who came to support. And so it was a good night, wasn't it? it was it's a great night, really. Um, you know, some great sets from all the DJs, Tim Ashibandi, uh, Nigel Brown, of course, and uh, everybody played well. Pep played well. Yeah. And I'm working with Pep in Halifax. I'll give you some details of that later on the show. We continue with Charlie Reese and the story of his soul journey.
cake. That's exactly what it is. We're almost the first quarter of it gone. Uh, 2055, you're on Hitmix Radio 107.5 with myself, Colin Curtis. Special guest tonight, Mr. Charlie Reese. Uh, we go back to 1974, so uh, long time. But here we are. Um, we've moved on from Cast Jones's record shop. We've moved on from school and we've moved on from the first bit. And we're now in uh, the top rank in Hanley, um, which was running the same time as Blackpool Mecca um, with DJs Keith Mitchell and Sol Sam. Doesn't get much better than that. Um, and at some point, uh, you know, just before that was Ian Levine, because I remember uh, Keith and myself coming back from Bradford Market with um, a spare copy of the Charades, um, which Levine was after at the time. We took it up to the top rank to sell it to him. But Charlie's choices included, and uh, one of my favourite records from back in the day, and that's, of course, the fantastic Lee Andrews with I've Had It on Crimson Records. And then we moved on with another incredible piece of soul, and the kind of soul that came from that connection originally. It's out of Philadelphia, but also came from that connection with Atlantic and Stacks, and, you know, that kind of vocals and that kind of grittiness. Uh, the incredible Alfred Brockington on Philly LA, and uh, Your Love Has Got Me Chained and Bound. I'm going to start hammering that everywhere I go. Uh, watch out Halifax, because I'm coming for you. And then J.J. Uh, Barnes, her love is in the pocket, and, and the first act that we had live was at, at, at the old days in Blackpool, um, Mr. J.J. Barnes, all paid for, thankfully, by uh, Ian Levin's father. Well done indeed. Um, okay, so we're at the top rank. Uh, you're starting to find out a little bit more about what's going on, the way the scene is working at that particular time. Did you ever come to Tiffany's at that time? You never come down there? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Oh, you know, Sunday nights down there. Yeah, Sam Pep. Oh. Yeah, at, at its peak. Yeah, that was a little bit later. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, but that was that was the coming together of the catacombs. Um, you know, Sam obviously playing Whitchurch, uh, the Raven, and I was doing the Mecca. So you had. We covered absolutely all the bases at that time, and then, you know, later on, of course, Tiffany's was involved in some of the great musical changes. Great from my point of view, anyway, not, not everybody's <laughs> point of view. Uh, but that worked tremendously well. So, where did we go from there? So, um, Blackpool Mecca started running buses in the off-season from October, uh, and there were two options I had, because I was desperate to go to the Mecca, even though I really enjoyed, enjoyed the rank. So, um, First weekend in October 73, uh, I got on the bus and went to Blackpool Mecca. Uh, and you're going to hear three choices that I've heard that first. And you, and you got in all right? You had yeah, a time? Yeah, I was only 16. You, I just, you yeah, but, all yeah you, you had to do your research. And I think because we were, we were sober and first in the queue, you, you were just ushered in and up the escalators. And we never, never bothered with the downstairs... Um, Nonsense. I, I didn't realise until you've said tonight that the buses went as far down as Crewe because I know locally in Newcastle under Lyme uh, they went to Wrexham and I know Crewe was involved in that. I didn't realise you could get a bus from Crewe to Blackpool back in those days. Of course, these were free buses laid on yeah. by the Mecca to, to pull people in, particularly out of season, as you say. Uh, and then the, you know, the soul crowd got to know about these and obviously that was a, that was a nice way to get there and, and you'd be able to have a drink, but you had to leave at one o'clock. You did. You did. Um, which was the only downside, really. And that allowed me, I suppose, to develop the last hour. That was a, a different story, but that's the way it went round in that. And um, we'll play this for Oscar and Heidi because you've just told me the listening. <laughs> Curtis. That's true. Hit Mix Radio 107.5. Another 
Soul Special on a Friday.
Colin Curtis on the Soul Connection Show on Star Point Radio. actually on uh, Blackpool Mecca because uh, two of the greatest female singers of all time, uh, Alice Clark and of course uh, the one and only Linda Jones. Uh, we still talk to Linda Jones' daughter, she's still pushing her mother's name, we've got a uh, kind of museum going on as well over there and uh, you know people beginning to realise that you know just what a powerhouse this young lady was and obviously George Carey was over not so long ago at the uh, Blackpool Weekend uh, talked about her and um Maurice Chestnut tucked away in the middle there with Two Dawn Soulful, a record that you know, Levine and myself picked up uh, via auction. Um, you know, I don't know where the original source came from, but you know, how good the record was. Uh, Ian got one uh, in his usual inimitable fashion, and then I was able to follow up through that dealer. I didn't actually go on to that auction, found it on another one. But... Um, you know, Morris Chestnut, Two Dawn Soulful, fantastic music from a fantastic period. So tell us a bit about your impressions of Blackpool Mecca compared with anywhere else that you've been. It, it, it was stylish. I mean, 
it, it was more stylish than the rank. Um, you people made a real effort. Yeah, I mean, the, the soul cried down that they were. It was following on from mods, but people dressed up. Oh, it was uh, high fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, people people who were out there. In fact, some of those people have gone on to be in the fashion industry yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know made names for themselves. I mean, but the, you know, as time went on, it was hairstyles, it was fashion, it was very much about because this was a. A low roof, nice venue, um, and when it was packed, it was electricity again. You know, different than the torch for me, but um, uh, allowed us to uh, manipulate and move the music around a lot more because the, of the low roof, because of the way that the sound system was set up. But it was very, very fashionable, and um, Mecca had these coaches. So, I mean, I think anything up to 50 coaches on a Saturday night uh, could could land there. And they weren't all full, but I mean, you know, they're coming from all over the country. You've, you know, I've learned from you tonight that they came from as far as just this crew. Uh, but, you know, I know they came down, you know, picking up people in Hull, Sheffield, uh, all around the place, uh, Bradford, you know, lots of Lancashire towns. So it, we, we got together a, a, a almost unique set of people for that time. Um, you know, because if you didn't have a car, you, still, you could still get there. And that evolved into the Sundays. We played football. We'd do all these other crazy things, meet up in the pub or whatever. And then, you know, with the evolution and the, the development of all days from 74 onwards, particularly when the Ritz started. Then, you know, uh, and as we saw at the Ritz, the, uh, the catalyst catalytic combustion of Northern Soul meeting the Mecca as it was changing was just incredible but um, so music, musically at that time you're coming on the coach with friends or uh, I was either on my own or, or uh, sometimes John, John Cam from Chelford uh, Joey the Crab Joey the Crab <laughs> yeah um, and, and then when I was allowed to go to Wigan from March 74 uh, then, then that's when I met Janet um, obviously John was still going uh, and also that you know, I can remember that first night getting off the train from Goostry into Crew in, into the main bar you were just surrounded by friends you know I'm, the Cheltenham lot there's um, Michael Terry Chamberlain who, who was kind of for want of a better description like the ace face three quarter length leather jacket yeah, yeah, yeah. smart cool guy yep. and she said yeah I lads not seen you before come and come and join us you know and those are days when British Rail you could get a train every 15 minutes to Wigan yes couldn't do it today no and same in the morning you wouldn't have to hang around um so yeah off, off to Wigan so, so, so yeah because there was no coach to Wigan in the same way that I'd been no. to Blackpool and, and, and so we're, where are we now about 74 Mar March the, the my 17th birthday was the first weekend of March 74 so Okay. Yeah, yeah, parents but, allowed me to go. And yeah, we we can start it. We can start seventy four, September, September seventy three. September seventy three. Yeah. yeah, I remember yeah. the first, the first advert, and Levine frantically ringing me up on the telephone, telling me all about it. Ah, ten past nine with Colin Curtis and the Four Perfections. Can it get any better?
Anymore hanging out with Colin Curtis on the Soul Connection Show, sending soul music vibes all around the world.
song, without a doubt, incredible label, of course, of Verve as well. Uh, but we kicked off there, you, you, talking off air, we, we said that these three records that we just played are records that originated probably at Blackpool Mecca, but you you felt, you know, my going to yeah. the Mecca, going to, you saw a, a bigger reaction eventually at Wigan to these records. I mean, the stranger there is, is the zoo, of course, because the zoo was very Mecca, and, and Wigan particularly, you know, hit him back against the Carstairs style, the Shake and Bump style, uh, Music Maker, King Sport, things like that, you know, you, not to play those, come on train, Originally, uh, not you know, not not down for play at Wigan, and yet the zoo I would have thought was you're right far too out there. But it is such an incredible record, yeah. and this was just on a, a Saturday afternoon, watching probably watching the football results on uh, Levine's parents TV and Johnny Beggs, myself, and whoever else is with us uh, would would then. You know, go play through some records, you know, looking for stuff that, you know, to include. Because between 7.30 and uh, 9 o'clock, we, we would always play at the Mecca when Levine was there. Um, records that, you know, wouldn't feature in, in the, the body of the night, the main part of the night. And uh, both Johnny and myself said we'd play that, and uh, we did. And on that, that night, it was played three times, I think. Within a week, it was one of the biggest records, <laughs> as you say, and, and went on to be a huge record in Wigan. Uh, the second one, I'm not sure about the origins of that, because I I think Ian got this before I did. Uh, the Four Perfections, I'm Not Strong Enough, which for me is just absolute class uh, on party time records. I'm, I mean, yeah, I don't know who played that first. I really don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember either. And then the High Keys, which was kind of the back end of the torch, and, and played a lot by myself and Keith when we first went there, because a lot of the records that fell into that category, Shalimar's and things like that... Um, uh, what's her name? The Right Direction, Cloud Award. You know, we were still pushing records like that. We were still pushing records like uh, Ain't That Love Enough, Larry Atkins, you know, pushing records like that because they were fantastic, lighting up, uh, all that kind of sound, and, and, and that fitted perfectly. And then the high keys and, you know, almost everything else. I mean, we, we kind of dropped Rat Race by that time, but, <laughs> um, you know, certainly classic Northern Soul. So, yeah. Wigan Casino, do you start going every week or... Were you an every week person, Charlie, for in, this scene? In in '74, I mixed it up between uh, Mecca and Wigan, and then then when I got to know Janet, and she introduced me to you, and and you uh, very kindly took us in, in the car. I'd go to the Mecca with you, uh, but if I went to Wigan, I'd just I'd, I'd go on the train from from home. Uh, and, and just mix it up and I, I loved both venues equally those three records I chose because although yes they were known and, and they were they were well as you said the high keys was before the Mecca but the other two are, I know from the Mecca John Vincent I remember playing the zoo and the atmosphere the rhythmic soul I was already bought into rhythmics the art of rhythmic soul clapping yeah yeah but yeah. the atmosphere that created and that four perfections when that came on that sort of rumbling grumbling introduction yeah, yeah. accompanied by Fantastic. rhythmic soul oh, just unique and, and and John wrote recently about about uh, the zoo, you know, th thanking us for, for for pushing that kind of music. And I, I've told the story, and John's told it as well. I, I, I remember doing something at Samantha's for John, and, and I think through most of my set, I probably only had a ten percent, that fifteen percent dance floor, um, because I was very attitude he very going to play what I play at the Mecca and um, he said he, put, he came on the way out because I was off to another gig and, and he said to me he said don't worry he said Carl he said in about five years time they'll all get what's just happened <laughs> <laughs> and and you know records like this I mean it's cut your motor off in that, in that particular yeah, time yeah. And, and, and records like that because for me the 
you know, Northern Soul, the, the name Northern Soul, the same as Just Funk, the same as House Music, whether it's Garage or whatever it was. For me, those are labels that came after we playing the music, so I, I've never paid a lot of attention to it. You know, nobody really talked much about Northern Soul in the late 60s. And it, there was no such thing. I mean, it, it, we knew where it was happening. It was an underground soul scene, but, um, you know, the terminology is, has changed since then, and now it's, um, you know, it's served up on a plate in a, in a completely different way. It, it's an anachronism now. It's you know it's a worldwide phenomenon. But, Absolutely. But Dave Godin at the time champion champion the minority. Well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. you know, I spoke, I spoke many times to Dave about that. I mean, he said he'd, he'd never actually said it in those terms. What what he would alert his staff in Soul City Records that the that, you know the guys come down from the north today because some somebody's playing uh, football against the London team. If they come in the shop, they'll want the more up tempo stuff because they're from the north. Yeah. And then the two things eventually put together. And I, and I still say, um, you know, when there was a piece again on uh, Facebook this week with, uh, you know, about Dave, and uh, I think that was Clive Richardson coming in and saying it was either the anniversary of Dave's birthday or, or, or his passing. I think it was his birthday. But, I mean, Clive Richardson said, you know, I mean, I mean, I, you know, now you've got the internet, you can find out so many different things, but back in those days, Blues and Soul was the only magazine, that was the connector, um, If you, particularly if you're collecting music, and uh, Godin's column on the Twisted Wheel, and Godin's column on, originally the first one on Blackpool Mecca through Tony Jeb, and then coming back when me and Ian were there, and also then, you know, the, the, the catastrophe that became Tony Cummings and uh, the Wigan versus Mecca thing, you know, which was all fantastic publicity, but, you know, comedy for me, but um, fantastic publicity uh, you know, for the scene. I think you know, they had a massive effect on people attending those venues and then you know, quite rightly making their own minds up you yeah. know, which which would suit them as, as you've said. You, you, you like both the venues and so what about the Manchester Ritz? Did that fit into your... Oh, uh, fantastic. Again, easy to get to straight on the train um, and, the, and the, the dance floor it had, a, it had a great sound system, great dance floor. Well, somebody quite rightly described the dance floor this week as a, as a boxing ring because it had that kind of effect. <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was head height, wasn't it? You had to go yeah. up the, st up the yeah, stairs to, to get onto up, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I'm, I'm led to believe by Mecca from back in those days, that was one of only three dance floors that were sprung in that way in the UK. Yeah. And and you didn't even have to dance, you'd just get up there and stand on it and everybody else is dancing will actually flirt you around. And it yeah, was the a, momentum would just carry you on. It was a phenomenal yeah. experience for everybody. Yeah, and um, Yeah, but that was where, you know, where, where the two... Uh, worlds clashed, if you will, the development of, of what we were doing with what became jazz funk. It wasn't jazz funk at the time. The back end, of, people call it disco. I mean, Crown Nights Affair, you know, for me, was a bit beyond disco. Crown Nights Affair had, had, had a bass in jazz, uh, bass in funk music, and, you know, that wasn't disco to me. But, I mean, it was incorporated by myself and, and sat very nicely along with everything else. And, in fact, at one point, um, we probably played more records by Crown Nights Affair than we did. Uh, with anyone else, yeah, and I got uh, got onto that. So we move on again now. And wh where are you taking us now? Um, again, more more records I heard first at the Mecca that really, really still still resonate and and, and they stand the test of time. Here we go. It's Friday night. <laughs>
again and choices of Mr. Charlie Reese, but uh, very much choices uh, that emanated from Blackpool Mecca at that particular time. I mean, Minnie Jones, which came through John Anderson at Soul Bowl, and um, give loving credit for starting that away. And, uh, you know, that kind of feel worked very well in Blackpool. I mean, that could be that kind of mid-tempo record. A lot easier to get away with than playing it in, in, in a main room. Um, and then... You know, thankfully, uh, in my case, thankfully to a guest who's going to be on the show next month, Mr. Brian 45 Phillips, but he got me a copy of the Detroit Executive School off, and then, um, I forget, I think it was somebody from um, St. Helens or somebody came along a couple of weeks later to sell me uh, The Ideals Mighty Lover, and, and that, you know, I mean, it's just the whole set, isn't it? So I used to play one after the other, you know, just, just the way to do it. It would have been rude not to. Boogaloo Records, incredible music from the ideals. And then um, one of my all-time favourite last hour records, and big shout to Shelbo, um, wherever you are in the universe. Um, he was one of the, one of the biggest, uh, our biggest fans of, of what was happening in the last hour. And uh, to be able to buy records like this and then play them and then get a reaction and... and well, history says the reaction has stayed there for years. But Sandra Richardson went incredible. Um, and written, of course, by Lorraine Chandler. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get any better, George Rowntree. I mean, it does not get any better. Produced by Jack Ashford. And I've actually talked a little bit with Jack Ashford online about that. I mean, just incredible music, 1974. And so... You're at Blackpool Mecca again now. We, we've, we, you, you, you've taken on board. You're taking on board Wigan. You're doing Blackpool. You've done a little bit of Ritz. Uh, are you buying records at this time? Are you buying a lot of records? Are you spending all your money on records? What, what little money I had because I, I stayed at school till middle of '75, and then the first job I got, all, all, all my disposable income went on either closed records or, or, or getting to venues. Yeah, um, and that's what I mean when. You were you were brilliant with all of us. Anybody who went in the car, you never charged this special money. We had to pay getting the venue, but you, uh, you, you were. I mean, <laughs> it was funny. It was funny though. Back back in those days, I mean, Mecca had a, a pretty strict policy on. Uh, I mean, even sometimes when we'd take people in at the back stairs, uh, the bouncer would come to me at some point and said, "You you brought four people in and blah blah blah." You know, but yeah, but very strange. Um, you know, considering that it make that much difference whether they paid or not. <laughs> Um, but Jed used to get his own back by you know, maybe taking a chair home or yeah. some other cutlery just just to make sure he got even on that one. But uh, so, so you you getting about? Um, what about outside of those places? And is, it, was there anyone else that, no. that that came up? Those those were your three main Absolutely. places, and, and and that's reflecting in the music you're playing tonight, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as as we move on, then the next phase is. Uh, bit more mecca but slightly different style you can see different styles coming in now i think yeah i think i think uh, you know because you know myself obviously exposed to john anderson exposed to ian levine and exposed to most of the main dealers and and to be able to get um you know access to all these incredible styles i think what opened the door for this style was 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 undoubtedly and uh um yeah, I'll put that out to the late, great Mr. Gary Bentley, one of my original car riders from Stoke-on-Trent, who invented his own dance to the kind of music. But, I mean, Frankie Loveman Crocker just changed the way people danced, opened it up up here. I know London was a funky scene, but you know, to bring the funky side of it into Northern Seoul was just an incredible time. <laughs> 
97.5 FM. The Power Station. The Power Station with Colin Curtis.
great funk records. And then the ultimate, and again, this is another John Anderson who gave me a copy of this, you know, alone for a long, long time. And um, our accountant, uh, Dick Watt, who was my accountant, he was Richie's accountant, he was John's accountant, um, insisted that, you know, whenever I did sell this, I would sell it to him, you know, and he, he, every time he came to Blackpool, my career, he asked for it. I know Dick's having a tough time at the moment, and uh, I send a special message out to you, sir, but playing that for Mr. Dick Watt in Carlisle. So, yeah. that laid the foundation for that, and, and again, you you know, you, you're back on that Blackpool Maker sound. But a lot of these records at that time would have been non-accessible to, to the general public. Yeah, 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 pretty <laughs> uh, much. Uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, uh, you know, particularly, uh, you know, the Judy Freeman and the case. I mean, Gator, uh, the Gators was an acquired taste, so, you know, some people, but, but now, of course, it isn't an acquired taste. It, it, it kind of fits in yeah, yeah. to the jigsaw that we've all been part of. Uh, so now we continue into another realm. Tell us about this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've got a few quid now, so I'm, I'm, I'm able to... I'd always been buying records mail order from Record Corner down in Ballam. So perhaps once every three months I'd, I'd get the train early from crew. I'd hit Record Corner, Black Wax in Mitcham and uh, Ebony Sounds in Leightonstone. And if I had any money left, I'd try and buy some clothes to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't See naked. if I could fit in at, at, at the Mecca. Um, well, you came, you came down to me once on the, on the trip to the East End. Who was that to yeah, see? Uh, that, that was, uh, that was um, Ebony Sounds. Ebony Sounds, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he had some nice stuff Mr. up there. Mr. Wilson. Mr. Well, Wil yeah. Well, so when he knew it was you, he opened the back door up and got the record player out. And we came out with loads of stuff. Yeah, we there. did that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was a that's a good trip. I mean, he, he was probably you know the, the second best uh, find that I found in London. I mean, uh, ultimately, and 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 the reason that the last hour was able to expand even more is I found that that guy who actually approached me in the record shop, and um, he said, you know, you like black music. He said, I, I, I've got some black music. I thought, oh, this guy's hitting on me. What is he doing? <laughs> and he took me around to an office that was actually above Barclays Bank so we had to go in through Barclays Bank it was a bit weird but I got upstairs and there was probably three rows maybe I don't know 500 records on the shelf and he was an import exporter who you know the American was sending over American 7 inch singles and he was sending them out to the Air Force bases to be played on the European Air Force bases and that's where you know the yeah, things like Mixed Emotions Shalala a lot of obscure stuff came from there as well as you know we keep going on about it but my all time favourite 70s record which is Freddie Low Decisions which actually came from Clive Richardson in, in Blackworks but you know that guy at that time I'm, I'm coming away from trips to him with 40 50 singles that haven't come through into the country from anywhere else not through record corner not through any of the other choices because you know these guys distribution in the states was, was just sending you know, the record companies would send to them and then they would send out so there was no distribution involved and so what i was getting um from this guy was raw before it went out to the air force bases and he used to save me one of everything so yeah i didn't miss a lot at the time and, and this became an obsession for me that um you know, I needed an outlet to play these records and, and, and that outlet became available because of the success of Wigan really um, because that people yeah. would leave on coaches and, and then I was left with an audience who I felt 
you know, because we had so so much success with playing unknown music at the beginning of the night, then let's try some different tempos and different things, which eventually, of course, led to me playing records by Don Bird and you know, Wayne Henderson, and you know, and, and led into what became the Jazz Funk era. But yeah. uh, fantastic time for Bobby Humphrey and, and records like that, just incredible music, yeah. which I couldn't ignore. Now, you, listen, you, you, you've always said to all of us, keep, keep an open mind, keep your ears open, your mind open, and then. So the next three are, are all selections I remember from, from that last hour. And you could, if you were with me anyway, you could definitely stay with the last hour. <laughs>
epitome of uh, last hour and four fantastic choices there and uh, ending up on you know what was probably uh, whenever I've done last hour charts that's always got to be in there I remember an article on uh, Self Source at some point you know questioning the validity of the last hour did it actually happen or you know was it just just because everybody else had gone no it wasn't uh, there was a huge amount of intelligence involved and also a huge amount uh, uh, amount of records that would come into the criteria to to the last hour for me was another launching pad for, for, for records to, to let people understand that you could listen to records at a different pace, you could listen to different styles, and you know, eventually, uh, you know, and Sexton started off in the last hour. You know, I mean, it, it, it's it's a way it goes. And then eventually, I remember somebody coming up and asking me to play You've Been Gone Too Long. I said, no, We've moved on from that. And I played two tracks from the album and, and you know, blew everybody away. And fantastic years later to actually stand by and she sang You've Been Gone Too Long with Goodwood when we were together and you know she, and she, she was dancing to my set and then she came to Blackpool which she brought her over to uh, and, and at the moment she's in Bilbao she's in Bilbao with, yeah. with everyone else who, who likes soul music and well, why haven't you gone this year because you, you, I'm that? here yeah I know <laughs> I got that wrong didn't I that you did you yeah. got that wrong date wise um, but we kicked off there uh, with um, Gene, Gene Shy on, uh, on Fantasy Records and you know this is another reason why you would learn about you know the music that was changing because fantasy you know, became very very you know like Blue Note very very upfront in, in changing music and uh, what was it Maxi we used to play at Blackpool Mecca on Blue Note and Fantasy just opened it up with Wayne Henderson with everybody else and uh, Gene Shy was right in there with uh, What Can I Do I'm So In Love With You on Fantasy Records you know get onto Discogs quickly <laughs> it'll all be gone and then uh, Jamal Trice and a record that I got again from John Anderson had you know it was, it was very, very hard to find at that particular time, but it was also almost exclusively Blackpool Mecca. I mean, I, I played it at some of the other venues and some of the other old days, but you're not, never had the same effect as it did at Blackpool. And that was Nothing's Too Good for You, Baby. A Jamal Trice on Soul Records, another one part of the Motown thing there. And then. Uh, second one up was actually Odia Coates which was Buddha Records and uh, Make It Up To Me Baby and of course Mel Williams was on Buddha which I put on the compilation I did with AD yeah. and uh, Buddha couldn't find the master tapes for that so I had to send AD that and I think it was Waterfalls I had to send as well I wondered if I could ever get them back but I have to say I did <laughs> uh, which is very grateful and then finishing with uh, what is the epitome of, uh, of last hour Blackpool Mecca Records and that's of course Water and Power uh, by the single by the album because the album is absolute killer as well I mean it, you know I mean as albums became more and more part of my life and realising so many soul tracks are tucked away even on what would be regarded funk albums maybe be the big track that would get played uh, so you've now indoctrinated in, in, in the last hour so are you starting to look for these records or just yeah. happy to hear them but you're chasing them as well? No, a bit of both yeah um, Soul Bowl uh, Francis T who's sadly no longer with us he always used to bring a box of current releases well Fr um, Francis was great because he'd bring a fantastic mixture and he was one of the few people who, who saw the future for, uh, you know a lot of people were dismissing new releases playing new releases uh, nobody would want to come and listen to the music it's, they're not rare records and you know <laughs> strangely they become very rare records and um, you know and, and when you look back only a few people actually took them up I know it spread from Blackpool uh, via people like Ian Dewhurst and Polk at Soul Bowl uh, you know down to Cleethorpes but a lot of places were still pushing back again 
audiences, even though the major label stuff, RCA, Epic, all these fantastic records, Eugene and uh, you know, Bill Harris, some I call them, you know, I mean, all these fantastic Colin Green, um, you know, incredible records that were coming out on the major labels as well, and very few people initially took it up, wanted to push back and, and stay with that traditional uh, 60s sound. What, how did you feel about that? You, you felt you were okay with yeah, I moving both. on? Yeah, I was still it? going to Wigan, and, 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 but I was probably buying more 70s records because they were, they were cheap. There were new releases. Uh, well, I've just said to you off air, I come away from some of the places with 30, 40 records, so they had to be cheap. They're, they're on average, about 85 pence each. And, um, you know, you've got, you know, some of the some of the dealers with a little bit of foresight definitely yeah. started to, to carry more. Graham War was one in, in Birmingham as well, who, who always championed, you know, the new end of things because he knew, you know, that was the way you kept pushing it forward. That was the way, that's the way we got oldies by, by creating newies in the first place I and know. moving it round on that. We're 11 minutes past 10, so we've got still, yeah, one hour and 59 minutes to go. Um, 8 till 12 each and every time I do this, which is monthly. Next month, it's going to be the one and only Twisted Wheel legend, Mr. Brian 45 Phillips, who, uh, well, went way beyond the wheel and is still finding and selling great records today, so I'm really looking forward to that as well. But where do we go now, Charlie? Where do we go from here? Uh, Staying with some of the last hour stuff, um, but we'll um, we'll go back to uh, something a bit bit more up tempo later on. Okay. Um.
on your side Yeah
to the, uh, the vein of what was happening at Blackpool Mecca and the way things were changing. And um, the first of those on Vigor Records, and uh, I remember two albums that really stuck out to me at the time. One was uh, The Rhythm Makers, and that was Soul On Your Side. Of course, they turned out to be uh, the essence of GQ, and that record was re-recorded, and Disco Nights became one of the biggest disco records ever. Uh, also, uh, along with The Rhythm Makers, you've got The Street People, and another fantastic album on that same label, and uh, multiple tracks played off that, as there was off The Notations, uh, another band that fell into that category, and the reflections. I mean, there was so much music and uh, you know, that was involved in the 70s change. And then we come to Pockets and Come Go With Me. And um, the whole Kalimba setup, the whole, which was really the umbrella of uh, Earth, Wind & Fire. And uh, Pockets you know, became part of that umbrella as well. In fact, Verdi and White was one of the co-writers on that track. One of the greatest... 70s records I think for me Um, because it just epitomised everything, epitomised the change epitomised the future, dance music everything was in there and then when you buy the albums, whether it was Pockets whether it was Earth and Fire themselves I mean, there was so much going on in there and a whole new level of intelligence and when you think that people like Charles Stephanie who was involved in that as well and later Oscar Bashir and all these people who went on to form fabulous bands like Karma um but if you go back with Charles Stepney, I mean, Charles Stepney was the Chess man records. behind yeah. In Orbit by yeah, Joy Love, yeah. Joy Love, Joy. You know, and that progression, 
you know, when you look at the Ramsey Lewis, if you go back into his history, Stepney is just incredible. And, you know, then obviously the, you know, the, the mystical connection that Maurice White found with Egypt and, you know, the whole thing is just absolutely fascinating. And for me, it was just so, so exciting. And then uh, back end, a record that started off uh, being last hour, but grew a little bit bigger than that. And nowadays, very obscure <laughs> on, 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 a, on a fairly major Miami label. That's Stevens and Foster, and I want to be loved. And it was great that uh, for me personally that that record. I, mean, I was the only person playing it at one point. <laughs> uh, great for me that it stood the test of time and still sounds absolutely brilliant. So we've done Wigan. We've done the school thing we've done your connection and the influence of that the torch had let's let's go all the way now uh to the next phase and let's talk about somebody who was important to you and to me and to yeah. a lot of other people as well yeah so i broke my ankle in 1978 and couldn't go out for about six months you'd left the mecca i thought what am i going to do now the world's coming to an end because i'd I'd stopped going to Wigan about 76 because i just fell out of love with the, some of the some of the pop Stomp as they were playing. I think I think it went yeah it went through a difficult period and then I think you know Richard's connection with John Anderson and John Anderson mm. brought some incredible records and, and towards the end of it I think that was uh, definitely uh, the highlight. But seventy eight I went from the yeah. Mecca to Rafters in Manchester. Yeah. yeah. So I applied to go to university, le left home, went to live in Manchester, bumped into a lad called Dean Johnson, who was on the same course as me. Um, he, his background was commercial soul and reggae. Uh, he was extremely interested in, in sort of rare, rare soul, but he'd never go to... I started going to Wigan again. He wouldn't come with me. He said, no, that's your, that's your time. I don't understand that enough to really enjoy it or appreciate it. Um, but he started collecting records in, once once he, uh, he'd graduated. Um, and then got a job with um, John Anderson running Expansion. Um, and started a night with with Richard at, at Parker's, so I thought we'd feature some of the records that I remember Dean um, particularly championing at Parker's. Um, well, pa Parker's became a hugely successful night, and, yeah. and, and again, in the second room also, we started to yeah. incorporate the beginnings of, of what became house music with... Uh, through Norman Jay and Dr. Bob Jones coming up here. Uh, you know, the, the, the jazz element, a little bit of everything, but um, Dean Johnson was a regular at... Um, Berlin. Uh, Berlin, and, yeah, uh, you know, we took a lot of uh, pieces of that and, and then re rebuilt it, you know, for his own identity, he which was, you, you know, never easy to do. I mean, I have a lot of time and respect for him. In fact, uh, a young fellow called Simon Fain, who sent me, he's got two new releases out uh, by the Chiba Latin Brothers on his uh, own imprint, and um, he, he sent me a message today just saying, you know, how much uh, influence Dean Johnson had on him. And, you know, incorporating a similar idea to Berlin, you know, bringing in more of a boogaloo Latin sound than the, the, the fusion that I was playing and the African and, uh, yeah, but he, very eclectic taste, um, but he found a way and he also managed to dig out some major label people like Aretha Franklin tracks yeah. that you just nobody would think of playing. Yeah, he but wasn't frightened of really he was not frightened. No, no. Yeah. But I think he'd seen. I think he'd seen that at Berlin. I mean, I mean, yeah. and 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 you know, I mean, he never went to Blackpool Mecca. But he, he, when I had a conversation with him and he came to interview me, he he, uh, he touched on the fact that you know he says you go where people don't want to tread. It, it, it wasn't. I don't do that intentionally. What I do is is that you build up a trust with people. 
and uh, on the back of that um, you then make decisions that you think well if I like this then you know maybe this particular section of the crowd will like this and or that particular section I think Dean was very much like that and he liked oh, to press the buttons and and, yeah. and and open some doors and uh, he liked um, he liked a lot of things and and in in the shop he gets to know people what they liked and he put records aside from giving first option um, before putting them on open sale he, he was he, he was a yeah because he, he, he knew people who would spread the word by doing that he knew yeah. the right people to pass yeah. it to and I think I think his time in expansion records was, was a growth period for him because he, he, he saw so many different options of people coming in wanting different yeah. type of black music and I think he learned a lot from that as well yeah, and that, that helped with his DJ and helped with his programming and uh, yeah it became uh, a phenomenal influence on a lot of people in the gallery in Manchester yeah. and you know other venues uh, around the town I mean the international as well I remember calling there one day on the way to Scotland and he was he was you know, giving, giving them loads loads of everything yeah. Dean Johnson we miss you sir
done that one wrong 2235 he's done very well until now <laughs> and he's put the wrong side on it's the same backing track but with singing here we go eventually at 
the influence of uh, Mr. Dean Johnson there on your life and many other people's yeah, lives. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we kicked off there. The first one was Eunice Collins at the hotel. Yeah, and took it off a little bit before the end. That's a mod art. Uh, was that something that Dean? Where would he have played that? He, he played that at Parker's. At Parker's. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Same with suddenly Tony Drake. Tony Drake. Yeah. You know, that's a record that yeah came came kind of after my time. Yeah. And then we've just dropped one on. Then we've just noticed on Discogs there is one for sale there. If you want to have a look for it, <laughs> it's Wilson Love. And um, funny money, funny money. Nineteen seventy. I've never seen that record before. So um, yeah, that that was the skill. And you know, I mean, imagine Dean would have got that through probably his time. So on. So, yeah, so, so on, on a Wednesday, yeah. the shop didn't open. He, he drove. He hired a van, drove it to Solbowl, and he said Wednesday was a great day, but it was an even better great day if Mick or Butch or Sam were it were at with John because John was preoccupied so Dean could go where he shouldn't really be going yeah, yeah. looking through shelves digging stuff out <laughs> and, and he was always straight with John he said look I want this, this but that's where a lot of these records came from yeah by uh, going down and making his own decisions and doing that yeah. and and John yeah I mean it, it, I mean by that time John was heavily appointments I mean it, it was for me I mean I, I'd go sometimes with Sam sometimes on my own uh, sometimes with Levine um, but I mean I was always given the massive respect and plenty of time sometimes stay over for a couple of days and um, yeah it, just just a unique situation it, it will never ever happen again um, when you think you know he's influenced 50 years of music really and, and uh, I don't think there's a greater influence than what's happening with John Anderson so to be on the inside as Dean was and to be able to um, access records that you know weren't necessarily first picked but he would he, yeah. you know he, he'd use his own uh, skills to pick them out but fantastic I mean all three of those fantastic but particularly like um, the first one and I like Wilson Love yeah. um, I don't know what I would have done with Tony Drake I've got to be honest I, I'm not sure it's a Colin Curtis Type record. Um, so we've done Gene Johnson. Where now? No, it's no, we're uh, 20 to 11. We're doing all right, Ian. We're doing all right. Good. The swimming bath is not open until tomorrow, anyway. <laughs> and the will, all the swimming baths will be full tomorrow because the, the <laughs> they were empty this morning, but the rain has filled them all up. That's right. And we've done plenty of weather connections. I'm going to just, um, I'll do some gigs after this next set of three records. I promised I would. Um, but we've got Charlie Reese, as I say, tonight. Uh, on the 17th of November, that's Friday, Brian 45 Phillips. Um, honestly, really looking forward to that. Brian, such a huge influence on so many people. And then Friday, the 22nd of December, three days before Christmas, so you will have spent all your money. And then Tim Ashibendi is going to unleash some more stories of America, stories of records, and uh, some fantastic tales. So Tim's back in here, and we've had the door extended so he can fit in. And uh, Tim was... With us, of course, on also during all the other night, did a great set. Yeah, pinches yeah. all my records and then does a great set. <laughs> <laughs> not not physically pinches them, just metaphorically. Um, so we're going off into no, we stay with Parkers, but we stay with, with Parkers, with, with but we're moving to albums now. as opposed yeah. to seven inch singles. Let's go that way. You can worry about your next door neighbors having more than you. Spend your time just keeping up with them And the rat race that you're into Is the only thing to do But you're gonna find that it will never end Ah, you can have it I don't want it You can keep it I don't need it But baby, I gotta want I got one love 
going into something you really like there but uh, three album tracks um, from that period at Parker's first of which is taken from an album called The Albert uh, well one of my northern self faves just let her go but that's the man himself uh, Mr Otis Smith and that track was called One Life it was One Love actually oh right well, it doesn't even tell you. Yes, it's one life. You're right, I'm wrong. You've got one over on me, and you can keep that for the rest of your life. Thank you very um, much. And yeah. then Creative Source, and this was very much that Dean Johnson sound, very much, you know, we started to introduce, uh, again, our album tracks similar to this at Berlin, but, I mean, uh, this album, which, of course, spawned the great uh, frantic dancer, Don't Be Afraid to Take My Love by Creative Source. And Creative Source, again, right back to the Sussex material. If you haven't got any of the albums, just go out and buy them, because, I mean, they're all absolutely incredible incredible and that was a track called funky lover and uh, that filling dance floors at parkers and no doubt all over the uh, certainly all over london at that time very much in that uh, norman j groove and then the sweet inspirations um with a brilliant but it's just 20 pounds on that have you paid that much for an lp yeah. uh, it, it is mint it's so, john anderson's writing as well it is john anderson's writing uh sweet inspiration uh with a version of an aretha franklin song in fact written by aretha franklin don't let me lose this dream and sounding absolutely brilliant and as you say sissy houston standing out an absolute mile yeah. so we've now gone through we started off in crew <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we got the coach to Blackpool we got the, the, the 
the, the train to Wigan. Uh, we then moved on to Manchester, which was a bit more accessible. We did the Ritz and moving on a little bit later in Manchester to this period with Parker's, um, with Dean Johnson, Expansion Records and all the way that developed. Um, we then moved on again and uh, we went into the album tracks on that side of it and something... Uh, album tracks. I mean, I re- when I originally started playing album tracks at Blackpool Mac, I didn't even have an album box. I used to carry them under my arm. And I remember one night um, leaving them on top of the car, driving off to Sale Mecca to find out that the albums that I'd, uh, were all over the road in uh, West Aston, um, which some girl guides recovered some of them for me, one of them being Steady Whaling Sid. Um, but yes, because the albums that I was playing were... were probably sourced from John Anderson and therefore, you know, not simple to replace but luckily uh, John was able to help me out on a couple of others as well so that was good. So now we move again uh, with Charlie Reese. Um So what year is, is Parker's? Let's go back to Parker's, Parker's initially. Early 90s. So early 90s, 90s, yeah. 92-ish and then... And, and, and the weekenders... Um, yeah, uh, so the weekenders The, the, the Southport weekenders, which originated, of course, in Berwick, yeah. and then came down, I think, 89 to Caligran, 89 and 90. Um, and so, you know, we started to play um, album tracks there at, at, at Caligran, which, uh, you know, another underground scene has started to develop, and Richard Sillian was, uh, you know, with the Halfway House, and then eventually Trafalgar, and, and all those things were going on at the same time. So that was, that, that kind of, opened it all up again so we're in the early 90s at Parker's and uh, that ran until can you remember when that ran till was that mid 90s or just before just a couple of years yeah 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 and uh, that was easy access for you, so you could get. No, I, I, I'd moved to London then. I was working, on, so I was coming back at weekends. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, not easy access. We're not too bad. London, <laughs> yeah. London to Manchester, not not too bad on the train anyway. Yeah. Um, and so, what's your next move from there? Did you, was there a break? Um, no, no. So when I when I moved to London in the mid eighties, Under um, Club was uh, was sort of five years in but it had moved to Oxford Street um, and, and it, it was just great and and, and you, you became friends with Lady and yeah, but quite by accident we um, he ran a Thursday night gig um, at a pub called The Phoenix just off Oxford Street and um, I'd been playing cricket turned up outside and Lady's on the door saying have you got any tapes in your car I said yeah why he said um we can't get the sound system to work, but they've got a tape deck behind the bar. So <laughs> I gave him a tape with uh, with oldies on. And he came out to get it from the car. He's got my cricket kit in the, on the back, strewn all over the back seat. He says, "Oh, you play cricket?" So yeah, he said, do you want a game? So I ended up playing cricket with Adi and getting to know him quite well, including a cricket tour to Philadelphia. Yes, I, I remember that time. I remember you talking to me about playing playing out in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. I remember ringing you from that hotel in New York and then going to buy. <laughs> Get you all those records. But that's another story. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I didn't pay the phone bill. No. 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 I'm not surprised. I, I, I certainly wouldn't have paid. <laughs> I was already in enough trouble on phone bills. Um, so, the Hundred Club. Uh, you know, through, through meeting Adi on the Thursday, through getting to know him through yeah. that. You, you, who was DJing at the Hundred Club at that time? Uh, and where are we now? Mid nineties. Uh, no, that 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 was actually mid mid eighties. Mid eighties. Um, so so uh, the AD, Ian Clark, Mick Smith, Roger Stewart, um, Butch, 
and uh, yeah, yeah, it was just we're we're, we're back into rediscovering or, or discovering new new sixties, and and uh, the fact that it's still running today is yeah, is, is yeah. you know tantamount to credit to to AD and and to the the following that you know to to have a club like that uh, yeah. run for that long is absolutely insane, fantastic achievement, fantastic achievement. I mean, yeah, I, I, up here I've I've done. Five years, six years, eight years, ten years, twelve years, but no, I've never had one club that's run that long. I mean, that is absolutely incredible achievement. And so the music we're going to play now is connected with the Hundred Club, and these these records previously unreleased, yeah, and then on the anniversary each year, Lady would press up uh, yep. one of these records and then give them out to people who'd paid to come in. Exactly, yeah. And now they're worth a some, lot more. Some of them are worth a lot of money.
the influence of Eddie Crowsdale who's, uh, was in a position and has been in a position to you know to find uh, music like this and then to be able to pull it out as uh, part of the anniversary package and uh, became unbelievably popular tell me about those three records first off we kicked off with uh, Mr Chuck Jackson I think yeah yeah so when Eddie played this I mean Chuck Jackson as you said earlier Whatever he records is brilliant. He's just got that voice. Just, just unbelievable. I, rem- I remember when he played at Pestatin. I mean, probably one of the best live performances I've ever seen. Uh, to be able to hold together on all the range of kind of songs that he's done over the years, mm. and and just it's as if he was he's just out of the recording studio and coming straight onto the stage. Uh, we then followed up with the San Franciscan TKOs, yeah. and and bear in mind these are unknown records, aren't they? He's yeah. finding these in the vaults. He's yeah. finding this as yeah. unreleased material yeah. uh, called "Make Up Your Mind," and uh, that's available. All these available on Kent, and um, good luck with finding them. <laughs> or good <laughs> well, luck with it. Or, some, or, some have been reissued on Kent Select, or okay, uh, yeah, uh, uh, not all. I think Chuck Jackson has. And then I'm not, not sure about the. We've finished out with the Paramount Four. Yeah, sorry, ain't the word. So that was that was um, one aspect of the Hundred Club, and now we've yeah. got uh, some more music as we continued. So the Hundred Club, you, you've from the eighties, you've continued to go there, right yeah. until until this day. Yeah, which is much. fantastic. Not not every month. Kids no. came along and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, st- stayed connected enough to know what's going on. Yeah, and still pick the phone up and buy records.
like this song, Hit Mix Radio 107.5 FM on the Soul Series Special, which I do here once a month. And tonight's guest, Mr. Charlie Reese, taking us through his story. And we're still in the 100 Club. And uh, we kicked off there with a Pied Piper release, Gambler's Blues, by Nancy Wilcox. Is that something that, that has just been reissued because it was in the vault? Or did that exist on an original single? There? No, it, it, that's its first appearance on vinyl. It was it was tape only, 80 found a lot of Pied Piper um, fantastic records put them out I think originally on CD and then they started to, to release some on vinyl as well but yeah there's some absolutely awesome stuff I mean it's incredible when you think of, you know the way you know information and everything has been developed over the years and then digging away uh, much more difficult to find rare records that do exist nowadays as, yeah. as, as you know I don't think there's anywhere in the world like British collectors I don't I don't think you know no matter what genre of music you go into uh, I think uh, it's unique they, they cover all the ground and uh, you know nothing gets left unturned so then you head for the vaults and you head for un, unreleased tapes and you know a few labels you know doing that as well which is uh, great stuff absolutely great um, uh, and then we moved on to Juan Williams, and yeah. I checked my mailbox every day. Uh, tell me the story about that one. Yeah, that was a big spin for AD in the 80s. Um, don't hear it so much these days. I think it's I think it's still quite rare. Um, and, and it's a record I've always liked. And uh, finally, Monument Records, yeah. Poke Saladani. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Arthur Alexander and I Need You Baby, and there's a story behind that one as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So the guy who founded... 60s, which became the, the 100 Club All Nights, Randy Cousins. Um, he championed that every single session he ever played. Uh, it's just a brilliant, brilliant record. Uh, and, he, and he encouraged a lot of us who were perhaps at the time really into up-tempo things to, to uh, you know, listen, listen to slower stuff, more deep soul stuff. Um, and he, he, he'd do tapes for anybody who wanted one. Um, I, I, think, I think that's what, you know, the influence of collectors um, over the years has is, is, is grown, hasn't it? And the, you know, the influence of non-dance records has, has grown you know, through collectors. I mean, in, in the early years, it was very much about... I mean, well, everybody's a lot younger. Everybody could keep dancing on that. That, yeah. does, that doesn't happen in the same way. Um, but I'm going to shout some gigs. I'm going to be down on Saturday, the 4th of November in Cheltenham, and that's going to be for the late, great Mr. Dave Humes. Uh, the evening's called In the Spirit. Uh, myself, Adam Jackson... Paul Garland, Andrea Robertson, Mark Randall, Mick Spencer, Steve Lloyd, Griff and Kev Healy. There's now two rooms for that. So we'll have uh, one which will be mainly Soulful House and then we've also got a Modern Soul and Jazz Funk room as well. I think there's less than 10 tickets left. You need to hit uh, Paul Garland or Jill Garland for that. And that is down in Cheltenham on the 4th of November. Just trying to see where, where it actually mentions the gig. Uh, I think it's Albion House, if memory serves me right. I'll get there in the end. It is Albion House, and it's number 7 North Street, Cheltenham, GL504 DJ. But if you go onto Facebook, it's Jill Garland or Paul Garland if you want to get a ticket for that. The following week, I'll be up in Blackpool at the world-famous, of course, Blackpool Tower. I'll be up on Level 5 on Saturday night 
right. And if you like the Blackpool Mecca sound, uh, we'll be including some of the 70s soul, mixing it up with some more modern stuff and also some of the soulful house that is uh, doing the business at the moment. That's myself and Pete Haig. You've got Jim Hargreaves, Chris Box, Steve Womble, Sam Evans. So a great weekend if you want to do that. That's from the Friday to the Sunday on the te- from the 10th to the 12th of November. I'll, I'll be up there on the Saturday night on uh, Level 5. Um, I'll be back here on Sunday in the studio with Jazz Dance and Fusion as usual, 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Uh, all the regulars uh, will be along for that. And if you want to join in chat, you're very, very welcome indeed. Uh, Tina Edwards and myself, we're doing a Jazz Dance Night uh, called Lovers Everywhere down at Grow in Hackney. And that's on Saturday the 18th of November. Uh, that's from 7 until 2 a.m. Uh, Tina Edwards, I work with her at Love Supreme, fantastic DJ, and uh, definitely be doing the jazz thing. I know she's had Rebecca Vazmant down there, I know Paul Murphy's been down there. Um, and that is, as I say, um, Grow in Hackney on the Saturday the 18th of November. I will also be um, in, well, an ex-King George's Hall man joining me, Mr Ian Gillibrand, but uh, this is happening in Darwin at the number 39 club on Bridge Street, the city of Darwin, and that's happening on, uh, I think it's December the 2nd, let me just check that, it is in fact December the 2nd, um, and that is 6 o'clock until late, um, free entry for that, so, you know, you've got no excuse for it to come along, I mean, how are they going to pay me? I mean, you've got to spend some money over the bar so make a profit. Um, so that's myself, uh, playing along with uh, all the local guys from Demented Disco, Ian Gillibrand and uh, Least Blends. That's Colin Curtis in Darwin, of all places. I used to do that every Wednesday night, Darwin Tiffany's. And then myself and Mr Pep, uh, who did another great set for us at All Sage at the weekend. We're going up to, and the first time I've ever appealed, uh, appeared in Halifax, uh, but that's on my birthday, Sunday the 3rd of December, so the night after Darwin, 6.30 till midnight, that's in the Spiegel Tent in Halifax Peace Hall and they actually erect the Spiegel tent inside the hall. It's incredible. If you've never seen a Spiegel tent, you need to come along just for that. It costs about 10 grand to hire one. It's all made out of wood uh, like a German marquee, if you will. It's absolutely brilliant. That's happening Sunday 30 December up in Halifax um, and that's Halifax Peace Hall HX11RE uh, Myself and Pep are the guests you've got Gibby, Mark Shaddix and uh, the Soul Brew and Halifax Soul Club, so that's going to be happening um, on December the 3rd, my birthday as well, um, and then we're going off late in December, so I'll leave it at that. Don't forget, as I say, back in the studio here on Sunday, 23-21 tonight, um, we talked about that, we're going to stay with the 100 Club, aren't we? Yeah, un- un- underplayed, um, uh, less- lesser known things. We're, um... and, and a few things that are getting played kind of more uh, recently, yeah. Yeah, and then we'll do some from Teddington, if that's alright. Ted from Teddington, yeah. can't miss him out.
again into some fantastic vocals, some fantastic music, and uh, those three in particular, uh, you know, playing them all together definitely stand out. And, and this is the kind of sound you're hearing in the Hundred Club. Yeah. Uh, but that's Soul Sisters on Sue with so much love, and uh, written by Sydney Barnes. You've got it. You've got it. And then uh, the Jobets, uh, the Jobets, and uh, no explanation uh, on Kevin Records and written actually by Kevin Knox himself. Well done, Kevin, because that is absolutely fantastic record. And then this one, which you got from Mr. John Manship on yep. Duchess Records, the Vipers and Little Miss Sweetness. And those yeah. are three selections that you've got a good chance of hearing at some point if you want to Teddington. Yeah, well, and uh, yeah, and the Hundred Club, yeah, yeah. But our monthly do on uh, the second Friday of each month, apart from November when it's the first Friday of the month when Bruno Jerez is coming over from Nice. Um, okay, and can't he be, come on the second Friday? He yeah, can't. To change no. the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, Bruno. exactly. And we we we're very accommodating like that. <laughs> um, Telling you, of course. I mean, uh, that you you're involved in the promotion still. Yeah, yeah. And With that's where, Dave of course, uh, myself and Mr. Levine did a couple of uh, gigs down you, there. You did too. Great little nights. soul club. Great yeah. little soul club, and uh, definitely worth attending. Uh, and again. Uh, <laughs> I hate describing it as progressive music because it isn't it's actually going backwards but it's intelligent music from people who know what they're doing and, that, and that's brilliant and uh, we're going to continue in that vein explain the uh, thinking behind the next three yes yeah, so um, this year Dave Whitehead came up with the idea and it's worked really well that we we um, we were given some Saturday slots by the manager of the club to work uh, you would normally be on a Friday yeah? yes okay. yes so we, we do 40 late, let's do something different. Um, it's mainly 70s, uh, and so these next three are album tracks that we, we feature there. Okay.
yourself some good. Hey, do yourself some good. Ride a cheer for humanity. Teddington Lock now, we're in Teddington Soul Club, and um, this would be, what, a now and again session where you yeah. where you just play 70s, yeah. and you can't do much better than the start, we started with the impressions on Curtin, of course, and that's uh, Mr. Leroy Hudson, Curtis Mayfield combining, the album is called Times Have Changed, and that was a track called Potent Love, which sounds absolutely brilliant, yeah. just the whole way it's put together, uh, a nice seven minutes or something long as well. And then we went into American Gypsy, and of course they had that uh, kind of a northern solely hit on RCA. Um, and the track we played did come out on a seven, uh, edited from that, I would imagine. And um, 
Yeah, American Gypsy. Uh, yeah. Well, Doris is on and he loves it. So um, he definitely scored another one there. And then Ray Alexander and his technique. And uh, you would not... I, I mean, Holly Jones on uh, congas and percussion. I mean, this is kind of another one of those jazz acts that, that Dean Johnson would play, for sure. And on the vocals, you say that is... Chris Bartley. There you go. Yeah. Three tracks. The album's called Let's Talk. And uh, that was a track called Save Me, which sounds very, very good. It's 23.43. Um, we've got 17 minutes, or just less than 17 minutes to go. So we're going to go down on, on the on the down low, yeah? Oh, Deep Soul, yeah. yeah a few yeah. of the ballads, and this is one I know, and definitely nice piece of music. Colin Curtis, with my very special guest. Another Soul Series special here on Hitmix Radio 107.5 FM. Another day is gone. Still love him 
Soulful, in fact, uh, kicking off with a, a, a record that I, I found out about a few years ago and then got myself um, a CD with it on, actually. But uh, this is a brilliant version of the Night Brothers, Ed Robinson and Temptations About to Get Me, which sounds absolutely fantastic still. And then uh, we went on with um, Don Hollinger. Let him go? Uh, yeah, yeah, let him go, yeah. And uh, finally The Phantom. The Phantom. Come yeah, back to me, yeah? yeah. Some fantastic vocals, some fantastic soul. So we've gone all the way from crew, and now you've got to go back to crew yeah. to stay in the hotel tonight. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Charlie. It's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, been uh, I know you know a hell of a lot of people over there in Bilbao at the moment who yeah. come back and listen to this show, and then uh, Discogs is going to get hammered. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've... Uh, we got most of your story away, but 2024 will come along, and... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, all the guests that I've had on are all very welcome to come back and, and we'll do something again um, because we all know we can do a whole show and play completely different records and, you know, that's how many uh, records there are but not, also how much knowledge is out there and how much these records have affected us all. So, for me, Colin Curtis as well uh, with the Friday Night Soul special. Don't forget, I'm back in the studio here on Sunday for Jazz Dance and Fusion between 2 and 5 p.m. And uh, special guests coming up on that, which I'll be, I'll be able to tell you about on Sunday. And uh, plenty of new music, plenty of things happening, so uh, we'll leave it at that. I'm going to play with this song a big shout to Mr. Dean Johnson, who's been part of the story tonight. And a big shout to everybody who stuck with us and listening. Uh, don't forget the listen again for this. will be up sometime on Monday, probably p.m. onwards. And then uh, also Sunday's show will be up on Monday as well. So I'll catch you next time. It's Brian 45 Phillips. And that's on Friday, the 17th of November, from the Twisted Wheel and beyond. From Colin Curtis from Charlie Reese, thanks for listening. Hit Mix Radio 107.5. Leave you with this, which kind of epitomises what we've done tonight. <laughs>